You are listening to the Calvary Church Podcast, where each episode features a life-transforming message that was previously recorded in one of our services. And now, let's join a service that's already in progress. Praise the Lord. I know it's a Wednesday night, it's a midweek. But I think it would be good if we could bring our Sunday morning shout into the house of God with us tonight. I think we ought to just shift our mindset from a midweek to a Sunday morning mindset and say, God, I didn't come in just to get through a midweek, but I came in with faith that you're going to show up, that you're going to demonstrate, that you're going to move in our midst. Lord, I came in with an expectation that somebody's going to get a touch, that somebody's going to be filled, that somebody's going to be healed. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Mm. Oh, my Lord, my Lord, my Lord. Ha! Oh, come on, would you just shout with me? Would you just shout hallelujah? Would you just shout the name of Jesus? Would you just allow faith to fill this atmosphere tonight? Oh, the King of Kings is in this place. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Woo. Ha. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. Well, if you've been here throughout the week, or at least for a couple of the services, you know that we've been talking about dominion. And we've been talking about demonstration. Well, we're done talking. God is going to move in this house tonight. Before we go any further, I will tell you that I have a very specific agenda in my notes here tonight. And I'm going to go through this agenda, and it's not going to take very long. So I just want you to stay with me. Before we're seated, before we move any further, I know we haven't done this any other service, but we're just going to open this night with a prayer of repentance. Because I want right now, if there is anything that is separating you from the move of the Holy Ghost in your life, If there is anything in your life uh, that would prevent you from responding to the move of the Spirit, uh, if there is guilt on your mind or there's a heaviness on your shoulders, uh, we're going to take care of it right now. uh, Because what we need in this house is the liberty of the Holy Ghost. Amen? So all together, with a unified response across this building, I wonder if we could just begin to pray together right now and ask the Lord to have his way. Ah, Jesus, Lord, in our midst right now, I pray ah, that you would forgive us of our sins. Lord, that you would wash us in your blood. Lord, if there is any sin that has been laid to my charge, Lord, anything that I have done, Lord, anything that I have said, Lord, 
anything that has been displeasing to you. Lord, I plead your precious blood in this room right now over every life, over every mind, over every heart. We ask now for a fresh application of your blood to be applied to our life. Lord, that you would pardon every sin. Lord, that you would wash every heart, create in us a clean heart and renew a right spirit within us. Lord, release the liberty of the Holy Ghost in this place tonight. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Now we're going to pray another specific prayer. I want you to pray with me for just the next 30 seconds. And I want you, with your mouth, to begin to release the operation of the gifts of the Spirit in this house. Specifically, I want you to release the operation of the gift of faith, the operation of the working of miracles, and the operation of the gifts of healing. Because we are stepping into demonstration tonight. It's not coming, it's tonight. So with a unified response, let us get in one mind and one accord right now. I want you to get your mind on the Lord. Get your heart set on what God wants to do in this building tonight. And I want you to begin to open your mouth and with a loud voice, with a voice of authority, with a voice of declaration, Lord God, tonight, release the operation of the gifts of the Spirit. Lord, I pray right now that you would activate and release the operation of the gift of faith, the operation of the working of miracles, the operation of the gifts of healing. Lord, let them flow and operate with clarity, with anointing, with precision and power in this house tonight in Jesus' name. Oh, clap your hands to the Lord. Clap your hands to the Lord, all ye people. Hallelujah. The Lord woke me. I, I realize you're still standing. I will let you be seated in just a moment. The Lord woke me this morning at 4.27 a.m. I went to bed at 12.30. So. And he began to lay out every word and every detail of this service. And as I laid in my bed typing notes into my phone, the final thing that I heard the Lord say hmm, definitively in my spirit was this. He said, I will perform great and mighty miracles tonight. He's ah, oh, He said, 
Mr. Salman, I need some more monitor. He said, do not allow doubt or unbelief to creep into your mind even for a moment. He said again, I will perform great and mighty miracles tonight. If you believe that, I wonder if you could signify that now with an amen, with a hallelujah, with a shout of praise unto God. I believe he's going to do it tonight. And I'm going to tell you up front, we are going to take off fast. And it's going to be a short flight. So don't wait. Get on board right now. If you're looking for a long long runway, you probably should have come Monday. It was a pretty long runway. But tonight, it's going to be more like a helicopter. We're taking off right now. So don't wait around. Adjust your mindset. Adjust your spirit. Adjust your faith. Adjust your expectation. Adjust your response. And say, God, wherever you go, I'm getting on board right now. I want to be part of what you're doing in this service right now. Mark chapter 16, verses 15 through 18. Give honor to Pastor Ellis and his family, this amazing pastoral team, ministry team, leadership team here at the Calvary Church. Everything here is done with excellence. And I want you to know that God honors a spirit of excellence. I give honor to this church tonight, to the leadership of this church. Mark chapter 16, beginning with verse 15. If you have it, say amen. Red letters. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. But he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. These signs shall follow them that believe. So I have a question for you tonight. Are you a believer? Are you a believer? If you're a believer, you ought to stand up. You ought to run. You ought to dance. You ought to 
lift up your hands and begin to magnify God with all your mind, body, soul, and spirit. Jesus, we trust you to do everything that you said that you would do in this service tonight. Oh, we believe in your word. We believe in your promises. Lord, and we step into the operation of the gift of faith right now. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated if you want to. Do you believe that Jesus can deliver the drug addict? Woo. Do you believe uh, that Jesus uh, can deliver uh, the person uh, that's addicted to pills? Do you believe uh, that Jesus uh, can heal brain trauma? Do you believe that Jesus can perform creative miracles? Do you believe that when Jesus heals, nerves can be recreated and reconnected and work again? Do you believe that hands, fingers, legs, toes can grow back again? Hey, just a couple of weeks ago, right here in your section of Ohio, a lady with lifetime back pain as a result of her legs being two different lengths received a creative miracle. Right when they prayed in front of everyone, her shorter leg grew out to be the same length as the other leg. And now she has zero back pain. That wasn't somewhere else. That was in section six. That happened right here just a few weeks ago. That's a creative miracle. Do you believe that God is still performing creative miracles? Do you believe that cleft palates can be healed in Jesus' name? Do you believe that Jesus can heal autism? Do you believe that Jesus can heal attention deficit disorder? Do you believe that Jesus can heal food allergies? p.m. Just a few minutes ago, I got this text message. It's spaghetti with marinara sauce, Parmesan cheese, chicken, and melted cheese. Yeah. Don't think about it too hard. This man, Brother Russ Underhill, stood in an altar at Calvary two weeks ago. Ha, and I preached the same thing there 
that I preach here. I began to preach about dominion. And we called people forward that needed healing. Three days prior, he had been diagnosed as lactose intolerant. He hasn't eaten dairy in years. He said when he came to that altar, God touched him. He knew God touched him. He walked out and had a bowl of ice cream before he went to bed. Hey, do you believe that Jesus can heal food allergies? Do you believe that Jesus can heal cancer? Do you believe that Jesus can heal the paralyzed? Do you believe that Jesus can heal cerebral palsy? Diabetes, deformity, depression. Are there any believers in the house tonight? Do you believe that whatever the need, he can do it? Ah, maybe see. There you go. They're figuring it out. They're getting it. Mighty God, that's awesome. Just shift this way just a little bit. Yeah, this way. Yep. There you go. A little more. There you go. A little more. Ava and Aubrey, just take a little step toward the altar, and we'll be good. Yep, right there. Hmm. Ha. In 2016, I went to Manaus, Brazil, for the first time. I met missionary Benny Demerchant a man who truly gave it all for the call. <sighs> left his country, left his language. And when he lost a child, somebody asked him and his wife, is that it for you guys? Are you going to retire? And they said, no, we purposed in our heart before we ever left that the gospel would come first above anything else. They said, as soon as we put our boy in the ground, we're flying back to Brazil. A man of sacrifice. I came to Manaus, Brazil with my pastor, Pastor Stark, and missionary Charles Robinette. And they have a big outdoor area in Manaus that's about an hour drive from the hotel and the, the roads are roads like if you complain about potholes on your road you, you, you've never driven on these kind of roads they're the kind of roads that swallow small cars and we made this long arduous trek to they call it the Jerusalem Center and we pulled up and bus 
after bus after bus after bus. It took almost three hours just the arrival as bus after bus after bus pulled in. And people came from all over. By the time it was all said and done, we thought there were six to 8,000 people under that pavilion. We sang a few songs, and then they brought a sheet out like this. There was an altar area that was about twice as big as this entire sanctuary. They brought out two sheets like this. And somebody said, somebody got up in the pulpit and said, we're going to receive an offering. When you got 8,000 people, you can't use little baskets. So they put these sheets out. And I saw something that I've never seen before. I watched as six to 8,000 people began to respond to a spirit of sacrifice that swept over that congregation. There wasn't a person left in their pew. Now hear me. These people didn't have to give what we have to give. I watched as ladies who probably spent most of what they had on their shoes took off their shoes and walked to the front and put their shoes in. I watched as men took off their ties and they took off their watches and they began to put it into the offering. There was a missionary family on the front row, Pastor, with two little girls. They had this book that they had been just kind of looking at and giggling and laughing and playing with each other during service. And I'll never forget, I watched them as they looked at each other and came to an agreement and they walked forward and they put their book in the offering. Something was happening. They understood. They sensed that they were at mm, they were at the edge of the miraculous and they felt a call to sacrifice and not only did they give sacrificially but they rejoiced as they were doing it, they danced down the aisleway and came down and threw whatever they had in that sheet. And they weren't giving from their abundance, Pastor. No, they were giving out of their living. They were giving a sacrificial offering. Mm. 
They were hungry for the miraculous. They were hungry for a divine move of God in that place. Hey, so when the time came and the opportunity was given for them to give, there was no prodding. There was no pushing. There was no begging. But there was an eagerness in the hearts of the people that said, I want to give. I want to sacrifice. I want to sow into the kingdom of God and see what will God do with my sacrifice. What will God do with my offering? What will God do with what I am giving? Uh, And after they put sacrifice on the altar, the fire fell. After they got done filling, I mean filling those sheets, and they moved those sheets out of the way, they never left the altar. They begin to dance. They begin to rejoice. They begin to magnify God for almost 45 minutes in that altar before the missionary took the you weren't going to stop them. They were excited about what was getting ready to happen. You couldn't have stopped them because they expected and knew that God was getting ready to move in a marvelous and miraculous way. And I will tell you, that's exactly what happened in that service. I saw for the first time the most notable miracles that I had ever seen for myself. I watched as 32 people uh, with blind eyes uh, received their sight. Uh, I saw 160 people uh, begin to dance and run uh, as pain uh, completely left their body. Uh, I saw uh, as 25 uh, people who were deaf uh, immediately uh, received their hearing. Uh, I watched uh, 10 tumors uh, fall uh, on the I saw somebody be healed of a thyroid problem. I saw a little child who could not speak was healed and began to speak. I saw many who had stomach issues immediately were healed. There was a lady uh, with tumors in her throat uh, that she could feel. She could barely swallow. uh, And as she began to magnify God, uh, she felt those tumors uh, shrink inside of her throat. uh, And she could no longer feel them anymore. There was a lady who was blind. And when she received her sight, they gave her a book. And she began to read to a congregation of 8,000 people. Ah, 
I would charge you to obey the Holy Ghost right now. Obey the Holy Ghost right now. Obey the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is speaking to some of you right now. And I would charge you to obey the Holy Ghost right now. Release faith in this atmosphere. The greatest miracles that I have ever seen were preceded by sacrifice. If you feel a call to sacrifice tonight, answer the call. Mm. Ah. We're going to move on in just a moment. Mm. That's it. Come on. God's talking to some of you right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. On the way here, I began to talk to my son, tell him about how they were going to help me in this altar tonight. And I said, son, I said, the spirit of sacrifice is going to come on this congregation. I said, and people are going to obey the Holy Ghost, and they're going to begin to give. And he said, Dad, what's, a, what's that mean? What's a sacrificial offering? And I began to teach him what a sacrificial offering was. And he understands tithe, and he understands offering. I said, buddy, I said, and a sacrificial offering is not, not always like a free will offering. I said, the Lord lays a sacrifice on your heart. You're going to feel it. You're going to feel it. And he said, Dad, am I going to be a part of this offering? I said, buddy, I said, I want you to pray just like you do every other time you receive money. That's how it goes in my house. You get money, you immediately take out the tithe and set it aside. And then he said, God, what would you have me to give in the offering? And I said, Hudson, I just want you to ask the Lord. Ask the Lord, what would you have me to give in tonight's sacrificial offering? And I said, buddy, if, if you don't hear anything, if you don't feel anything, then that's fine. You can have peace with that. I said, but if the Lord lays a number on your heart, I said, make sure you obey the Holy Ghost. And on the drive to church tonight, he said, Dad, I feel like I should give $8 in tonight's sacrifice offering. He said, but I don't have my money with me. I said, that's all right. I said, we'll write a check for you. I said, and you can give it to us when we get home. So he came prepared to give tonight. He had an $8 check in his pocket. And he put it in the sacrifice offering tonight. 
I know that maybe some of you are not prepared to put in this offering what God is laying on your heart. If that's you, then I would challenge you tonight uh, to just write a commitment of sacrifice on a piece of paper uh, and just throw it into this offering here tonight. Uh, before you can negotiate with your flesh, before, before your mind can talk you out of it, uh, say, God, uh, I'm going to obey. Uh, I'm not going to delay to obey uh, what the Holy Ghost speaks to me today, but rather I'm going to sow a seed of sacrifice in this offering because God I believe that when we sacrifice you will answer by fire I've tried to say as much as I can and I try not to bore you with details or just be a dripping faucet about it but I we've been walking through this process now for, I guess, I for a while, but January 2020. And we're down to the point where we're ready to buy a building. And this is it. This is where we leap from. And... Appreciate Delano Shirley and his heart to help us with this process. We've been waiting and working and trying to figure out what we need to do for that building. And my plan, which is never God's plan, I figured that out. My plan is to present the vision to you in a very clear and concise way where you have the opportunity to partner with what's going on there. And I don't think that that's still not a valid idea. But what I realize is that sometimes God's timing is different than ours and and I want to be sensitive to that. I'm going to just give you the the clear facts. The building that we're looking at is going to cost about $450,000. The remodel and the startup is going to be another $250,000. And we've been working on, and I don't know if Delano's here. I don't see him. There he is. We've estimated in order to make this happen, we've got to get somewhere between 250, $200,000 to, $250,000 to really make this happen. In missions conference, we raised quite a bit of money for missions, and part of that money was designated for Oxford. We have about $45,000 of that set aside for Oxford. But... Just even the last two weeks, we're coming down to the wire on financing, coming down to the wire on our negotiation. It's been under contract since January, so if you know anything about real estate, the seller wants to sell, and they've been gracious to us. But today, I just I, I couldn't get away from it, and, and I asked Brother Vinny if it would be all right if this offering goes to Oxford. 
wanted to maybe make a better presentation to you, but I, I felt to call for that and to let you know that your sacrificial offering is not going into just some slush fund at the church, but it's going to the field to take dominion in the field in a city where there's not an apostolic voice. Amen. And I don't, I don't say this. I, I, I take my cues from Bishop Pasley II, my father, and I just confirmed with Brother Vinny. I'm, I'm going to tell you what the Lord put on my heart to give just because I want you to know that, that I'm, not, I'm not just pushing on something and sitting back and watching, but I feel, I feel the nudge of the Lord, and this is not something where we've just got money sitting aside and this is just play money. But I feel to sacrifice. I feel to sacrifice. I was in meeting with Jackie Sizemore in the hospital over here just two days ago and talking with Danny and Celicia and uh, is it David, Joe David. And they told me about a story where before they built that building, before they built Grace Point, Jackie Sizemore had saved up $150 to buy a head uh, board for her bedroom and they didn't know. The bishop, I guess, didn't really even know that. And I might be getting the story wrong a little bit. But at some point, there was a moment in the service, and she went and bought with $150 worth of nails and came down the altar with a wheelbarrow full of $150 worth of nails and said, I'm giving the first offering to this building project. And I'm telling you, I, I, I feel that kind of call. This church did not happen without sacrifice. This building doesn't exist without sacrifice. And, and where we are as a church, we're right on that edge, Benny. We're right on that edge. And Greg and his generation, they gave sacrificially. Bishop and Sister Pasley gave sacrificially. I'm 44 years old. I feel like, you know what? I got a little bit of sowing to do in this church. Amen. Amen. I'm just telling you from my heart. And so I, I'm telling you tonight, I'm going to turn it back to him, whatever. The Lord's going to move in this place, but I'm going to give $25,000. Kristen and I are giving $25,000 to see a church planted in Oxford because that's what we've got to do. We've got to sacrifice to see the things of God established. I want you to pray right now. I want you to bow your head right where you are, Lord. God, I don't say that for any other reason, just to, just to make sure, Lord, that we're all on the same page, Lord. We want to see your works accomplished in this city. God, we want to see your hand move among us. God, I, I, I don't want to be, God, just a, a church that is comfortable, Lord, with our living and comfortable with who we are, God. And sit back and just uh, want, Lord, your work to be done without ever really putting our effort into it. Lord, I'm calling us today and I'm inviting you to quicken our hearts today, Lord. There is a miracle that is waiting in this place. Lord, you've already demonstrated a miracle with the building. You've demonstrated miracle after miracle. But today, Lord, today, Lord, today, Lord. 
Lord. You're calling us. You're calling us. You're inviting us, oh God. You're inviting us, oh God, to a miracle we've never seen before. You're inviting us to something we've never touched before in the city of Cincinnati. Lord God, I pray. I pray our hearts would be humbled and turned towards you. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Bless the name of the Lord. Bless the name. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, I've asked them to stay there a little while longer as I continue to preach because the Lord is, mm, he's pulling on some hearts tonight. You don't, I'm going to tell you out of experience and in faith that you don't have to be afraid to give what the Lord is laying on your heart. Ah, he's never had a bill that he did not pay. He's never seen an offering that he did not return and multiply. I'm telling you right now, some of you are in need of a car. You need to give your way into the blessing of a car. Some of you are in need of a house. You need to give sacrificially. I'm telling you, there are keys in this offering here tonight to things that you've been praying about. Don't be afraid. I take authority and dominion over fear and doubt. No release faith in our giving here tonight uh, in Jesus name I'll never forget I used to do snow plowing years ago and that first couple months November December was nothing but bills you're just paying, you're paying your people, you're paying for your materials, paying for supplies. And by the end of January, you finally start to get a little excited. And I remember walking into church on a Sunday morning at the end of January with a check for $5,000 in my pocket. I finally hit the black. That was my $5,000. And then I stepped into a service like this where a need was presented. And God said, I want you to sign that check over and put it in the offering. I remember being here just a few years ago. I preached a message to this church called Get Out of Shiloh. It was about taking new territory, expanding your borders. Mm. And this church has been doing that in the midst of all the chaos that's been going on. This is how you put your flag in the ground in Oxford. And you say, God, <laughs> I'm not just feeling it, but God, I'm going to put a sacrifice there because I believe in that city, in this place, we will see another great outpouring of the Holy Ghost. We will see a church established. We will see a city have a light that did not have a light before. Hallelujah. I'm going to move on, but I just want you to know 
that my wife and I love the Calvary Church. And we are as much invested in you as you are in us. And we made a sizable contribution to this offering here tonight. Because, Brother Delano, you live what you preach. I told him last night, I said, everything I preach, God makes me live. I can't preach sacrifice without God requiring sacrifice from me. Listen, whatever you've got, whatever you've been asking God, don't be afraid when God says, okay, well, I require. I'm asking, put this on the altar. Is that all right? All right, we'll move on. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise right now. (laughs) Haven't our volunteers done great tonight? Amen. Hudson, Keegan, I want you to walk up onto these steps just a little bit. There you go. Now I want you all to just lower that down and just leave that leg right there. And you guys can go sit down. I'm going to leave that right there for anybody else who wants to join in on that before this service is over. But y'all be ready because I'm going to call you back to come get it. John 14 and 12. I know I told you we was going to take off. We made a landing. We're taking off again. You guys ready? John 14 and 12. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also. And greater works than these shall ye do. Whatever your expectation about tonight has been, it's time to make it greater. Whatever your attitude about the future has been, it's time to make it greater. Whatever you've been believing for your family, it's time to believe for greater. Whatever your view of God has been, tonight is the night to make that view greater than it has ever been before. He is greater than anything that we can think or imagine uh, he is greater uh, than your financial need. Uh, He is greater uh, than your struggle. Uh, He is greater uh, than your pain. Uh, He is greater uh, than your past. Uh, Tonight, uh, we are stepping uh, into a destiny uh, of greater. Ah, the picture, ah, come on, church, the picture that you have in your mind about end time harvest, make it greater. Ah, you have a destiny of greater dominion than you had last week. Greater dominion over your house. Every thought will be brought into captivity. Every root of bitterness will be dug out. Every secret struggle We'll see victory. You have a greater dominion than you had yesterday. You've got dominion over addiction. You have a greater destiny than depression. You have a greater destiny than disease. You have a greater destiny than division. You have a greater destiny than you can dream. You will have dominion in your life and in this city. 
you have greater destiny in your marriage. You have greater destiny in your family. You have greater destiny. You have greater destiny in your city. You have greater destiny in your calling. You have greater destiny in your field. You have greater destiny and dominion in greater things in your life. You have a greater destiny than the demonstration than you have seen up to this point tonight. You have a greater demonstration over cancer. You have a greater dunamis over disease. You have greater dominion over sickness. Hear me, Calvary Church. You have a destiny of greater in front of you. Greater dominion, greater authority, greater demonstration, greater outpouring, greater revival greater is your destiny you have a destiny sorry I just don't have to stop you must have missed the part where they got excited about giving because they understood what was getting ready to happen. Hey, if you gave begrudgingly, just go ahead and come and get it back. And you're dismissed in Jesus' name. But if you gave with joy, if you gave with expectation, if you gave with vision, if you gave believing, if you then there ought to be a dance there ought to be a shout there ought to be a minstrel playing there ought to there ought to be a jubilee inside of you because you believe that God is getting ready to answer you have a destiny of great and notable miracles. You will see blind eyes open. You will see deaf ears open. You will see the mute talk again. You will see the greatest outpourings of the Holy Ghost that you have ever seen before. Greater works than these shall ye do. Greater works than these shall ye do. It's happening all around you. You might as well be a part of what God is doing right now. Ah, hey. Just a couple weeks ago in Lafayette, Indiana, there was an elderly lady. Uh, I think she was in her 80s coming down the aisle. You know, mm, hey, come on. I know how it is. 
when you pray for somebody that's elderly, let's get on it. And hey, this I'm not bashing nobody, but sometimes you think, hey, this is just part of it, right? This is I'm 40, all right. I know I'm 40 years young, hallelujah. But when my back hurts, I'm just like, hey, maybe this is just part of it, right? So this lady's walking down the aisle real slow like this, Brother Delano. Real slow like this. It took her three times as long to get there as everybody else. But she had had a lung disease where she wasn't able to breathe deep for decades. She was always short of breath using oxygen. It was always a struggle for her to breathe. And by the time she got right here, she felt oxygen begin to come into her lungs in a greater measure than she had ever felt before. She felt a shout uh, coming back into her spirit uh, that she had not been able to shout uh, many years since. Her struggle that caused her to lean over much of the time like this because she was weary from not being able to breathe had also caused nerve problems in her legs. And she had struggled with feeling in both of her legs, which is what caused her to have to walk so cautiously and slowly to the front. But Brother Anthony, when God healed her of her lungs and nobody laid a hand on her, she began to walk back to her pew and she got about halfway back and when she got right here she said you know what if he can heal my lungs he can heal my legs and she turned around and began to walk back to the altar and feeling began to come into her legs and she began to dance and magnify She went home. She has an unsaved husband at home. She went home. And she walked through the door. She said, guess what happened at church tonight? I said, what? She said, God healed me. She said, the pain's all gone. And I can breathe. He just looked like this. You know, like some of y'all look at the preacher sometimes like, okay. The next day, when he woke up, he looked at his wife, and he said, is it still gone? And she said, it's still gone. Ah, for the next 60 days, every single day, her husband would look at her and say, is it still gone? He said, it's still gone. Hey, friend, you don't even realize there are keys to prodigals in this room right now. There are people that are going to leave this house tonight, and you're going to call up a prodigal and say, Hey, you know that diagnosis? You know that pain? You know that issue? It's all gone. It's all gone. And it's all gone. Archbold, Ohio, January of the mm, January of 2019. 
There's a young couple on the ministry staff up there. Came up for prayer. God was moving mightily in that service. And the Lord prompted me to tell people. I said, if you have a promise and a prayer that you quit praying because so much time has gone by and you didn't see an answer. I said, I want you to begin to speak life into that promise and into that prayer again. Pastor, for five years, they had prayed for a baby. One month later, they found themselves expecting. Hey, if you're having trouble with your expectation, you know what you ought to do? You ought to speak something. An expectation shows up when you open your mouth. I'm going to invite you to stand all across this house. Mark 9, 23 and 24, read this way. Jesus said unto him, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. And straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help thou mine unbelief. And the Lord showed me that when we got to this place in the service, there would be people in here that had a desire to believe again, but were struggling with their unbelief. So we're going to pause here. Yeah, I see it all over this room. There are people who want to believe what the preacher is saying, but they're saying, God, I believe, but help thou mine unbelief all across this room. I wonder if we could lift our voice and pray that same prayer tonight. God, I believe, but help thou mine unbelief. God, I believe, but help thou mine unbelief. God, I want to believe, but help thou my unbelief tonight. A release belief in this room tonight. I want to invite my altar team up here right now. Kids, I want you to come and grab this. Come on, volunteers, come and grab this. I'd like my altar team to come and spread across the front. You guys just fold that up, take it over there where Sister Pazley is. If you still want to give in this offering, it's going to be right over there. But you need to move while the water is troubled. I've learned that in learning to flow in the spirit. Don't miss your timing. I told Hudson tonight, he said, Dad, when should I put it in? I said, do it the moment the Holy Ghost prompts you. I said, he told you how much. I said, the next thing he's going to tell you is when. When he says when, you go. Is my menstrual ready? Second Chronicles 5, 13 and 14. It came even to pass as the trumpeters 
and singers were as one. To make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. And when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and cymbals and instruments of music and praised the Lord, saying, For he is good, for his mercy endureth forever that then the house was filled with a cloud, even the house of the Lord, so that the priests could not stand to minister by reason of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord had filled the house of God. All week, we have talked about dominion and this scripture right here tells us how to get dominion in the atmosphere Ah. we're gonna do it Mm. we're gonna do the same thing tonight as they were doing in this passage of scripture we are going to release a sound and maybe some of you have heard this song But we are going to release a sound that makes walls fall down. (laughs) We're going to release his name that brings miracles and healings. I want you to hear just a few lyrics from this song tonight. David faced a giant that mocked the living God. By faith, he stood in power. And that giant had to fall. The Israelite people rivaled by a wall. Some of you are facing a wall tonight. But when the people shouted, that wall, it had to fall. Because there is a sound that makes walls fall down. And I command you tonight to release the sound. What about Paul and Silas? behind the prison walls when they started singing those walls they had to fall because there is a sound that makes walls fall down and tonight we are going to release the sound The crucified Jesus was buried in a tomb. They thought his life was over, but three days revealed the truth. The resurrected Jesus, he's coming with the clouds. Every eye will see him and every knee will bow because there is a name that makes demons flee. There is a name, and tonight we are going to release the day. If you need a miracle, I want you to quickly make your way to this altar. Come on right now. If you need a miracle of any kind, we've called things out in previous nights. 
but we're not calling anything out tonight. You know if you need a miracle. And if you need a miracle, I want you to begin to make your way down to the front right now. Come on, keep coming. Come on. Don't clog the end of the aisleway. Move all the way into the middle. Come on. Come on. There's lots of people coming behind you. Come all the way in. You can move to the side. You can move to the middle. Come on. Ah. Come on. There are great and mighty miracles that are going to happen here tonight. Come on. Make room for anybody coming behind you. Ah. If you didn't come up here for a miracle tonight, I'm inviting you to come right now and just make your way behind this group of folks right now. Come on, make a wall behind them. Come on, we need a wall of faith. A wall of faith behind those that need a miracle. Make your way all the way to the front. You can use that second row, and you can stretch your hands over these folks that have made their way forward right now. Come on, every person in this altar in a prayerful state of mind with a focus on the greatness and the goodness and the magnificence of God. Just keep your mind on him right now. That's it. Come on, a wall of faith. A wall of faith. Now hear me. This is how we're going to do it. Uh, I want you to turn your attention up here for just a moment. We're going to pray together. We're going to have a unified prayer and a unified response and a unified outpouring of the miraculous in this place tonight. I want everybody in this place to close your eyes, to lift your hands, and to lift your heads towards heaven. And I want you to hear my instruction right now. Altar team, those who need a miracle and the wall of faith, I want you to hear me right now. When I pray the prayer of faith with these men behind me, two or two, where three are gathered on this pulpit right now, when we pray the prayer of faith together, and you hear us say, in Jesus' name, I want you to release the name of Jesus by saying as loud as you can, in Jesus' name. When you hear me say, in Jesus' name, I want you to say, in Jesus' name. All right, we're going to practice it right now. Are you ready? In Jesus' name. Then, listen, in Acts 8, when Philip came to Samaria and performed miracles, he cast out devils. He did miracles for those that had nerve damage, those with muscle damage, those who were paralyzed. All kinds of notable miracles happened. The Bible says there was great joy in the city. So, after you say in Jesus' name, 
I want you to immediately begin to rejoice and magnify God. And as you do, this altar team and this prayer team on this platform is going to move down into the congregation. And we are going to begin to lay hands on you, and you will be healed in the name of Jesus. And I don't want you to stop worshiping until your miracle shows up. Are you ready? Every eye closed all across this building. Every hand lifted towards heaven. That's it. I want you to slowly begin to lift your voice and just begin to magnify God. And when you hear this prayer team say in Jesus' name, I want you to say in Jesus' name and begin to praise and magnify God with everything you have. An altar team, when you hear that happen, you move into this crowd and begin to lay hands on everyone. And I want you to say this exactly. Say, be made every whit whole in the name of Jesus Christ. You put altar team, you put your hand on their head and you say exactly that. Be made every whit whole in the name of Jesus Christ. Prayer team, are you ready? Let's go. On the authority of the word of God and in agreement with my brethren right now, in the name of Jesus, we take authority and dominion over every sickness, every infirmity, every foul spirit, every affliction, every bad report, and diagnosis. In the name of Jesus Christ, we command it to leave now by the authority of the Word of God, by the power of the name of Jesus, gathered together in unity by the anointing that destroys the yoke. We command every person in this room be made whole in Jesus name in Jesus name in Jesus name
I want you to turn your attention up here for just a moment. Come on, we're not finished, but just turn your attention up here for just a moment. I want you to tell them what happened tonight. Until a few seconds ago, I really needed glasses. My My sight was really bad, and whenever I took them off, they were blurry. And for now, I can see clear as day. came up here tonight in need of a miracle and you know that you already received a touch in your body I want you to lift your hand and leave it up lift your hand and leave it up go ahead come on stretch it high so we know who you are put it high and leave it high please do not take your hands down Please leave your hands up. 10, 11, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, their body. Is there anybody in here tonight that received the gift of the Holy Ghost for the first time tonight? I know we didn't address that specifically, but is there anybody in here tonight that received the gift of the Holy Ghost? I know of at least one person that was refilled with the Holy Ghost who had not spoken in tongues for a very long time. Is there anybody in here tonight that experienced a refilling of the Holy Ghost and you had not spoken in tongues for a long time? Two, three, four, five. Ha. This praise team is going to come. They're going to sing. 
and I think it would be real good if we did what they did in Acts chapter 8. I think we got some things to rejoice about here tonight. Amen? The Lord has answered. Can we now? Brother Anthony. Most of you know us, and if you don't know us, we work here at the church, and 17 years ago, we came into ministry here at the church. Lee and I have always felt burdened to give. I hold on to a dollar a little bit less tighter than she does. Everybody that knows us, you're laughing because you, you know it's a joke. We just came off vacation. We were in the airport coming home, and we balanced the checkbook and reconciled where we were at with everything. I don't know many families or couples that do that. But as he began to talk about giving and, you know, and, and, and he was, I was just listening to him and I, I had in my head $100 and, and I'm, I'm sharing all this to explain where I'm going with this. And then Leah said, what about 200? And I thought, okay, God, maybe we're saying $100 each. And I thought, sure, you know, $100 each. Then he began to talk a little bit more and, and if he had said it before I just didn't hear it and he started beginning to talk about giving sacrificially and I thought well I know it would just spend on vacation we don't have any debt but that's also because we can't afford to have any debt I work for a non-profit we live non-profit so if we're able to save money we're working really hard to save money Leah's car is 12 years old, 13. That's why she's standing right here. And here's going to be the funnier part. I don't know what we have saved, and we've been saving for however many years because we can't. Yeah. $15,000. $15,000. We've been saving that for? A new car. No. How long? Oh, about two, three years. Okay. It's taken us two or three years to say that aside from everything. So I started feeling burdened for that amount. I stepped over there, and then when Pastor Tom came up and started to talk about giving, this whole week I felt so convicted as Vinny has spoken in multiple areas of my life. But every time I keep coming back to all the details, I just keep saying what matters the most in life. I want my life to be right with God. I want my family to be saved, and I want to reach the lost. Everything else should fall into place after that. So as he began to say that, and I began to cry over there, and I thought, are we really going to give everything extra that we've saved right now? And then Finney's next words were, there's a set of car keys in that blanket. And I walked over, and I looked at her, and I said, are we really going to do this right now? So two things. I want to submit and obey what God's put on my heart. I want to back my pastor's play. So we're going to give that $15,000. I share it obviously to encourage and I obviously share it to challenge because I know whatever. Either God will make that car last longer or he'll help us save more to get another car when it 
when it does whatever. So I just want to submit to God, and I know God's going to provide after that if we continue to put his kingdom first. This praise team is going to sing. This minstrel is going to play. We're going to worship. But I just want to leave you with this, and I'm going to be finished. God's still dealing with some people about an offering in this room. And the Lord just brought this to my mind. I was in a minister's meeting with your pastor just a few days ago last week during camp meeting. And a man by the name of Noe who started 15 churches in Guatemala got up and he began to speak to this room full of pastors. And he went to Guatemala. He didn't have any money, just a desire to obey God. And as God began to bring people, and God finally told them, it's time to build. It's time to build a church. So they, they put together a plan to build this church and, and, and with the funds that they could muster and with the funds that they had saved. And, and, and as he presented this plan, God said, no, it's not big enough. It's not big enough. It needs to be bigger. So he understood that they, this is what they had. This is what they could do. But he obeyed the Lord, and he, he drew a bigger building, and they made a bigger set of plans. And he, he brought it before the people, a small congregation. And people began to walk up and sign over the deeds to their house. And he said, no, I can't. I can't. This is what, this is what you got to hear. He said, I can't let you give your house. And I want you to hear the response of these people. They said, no, God told us to give our house. He said, but where are you going to live? And they said, that's not our problem. That's God's problem. When you obey God... You don't have to worry about what you got in the backlog, about what you got in reserve. That's God's problem. That's God's Come on, all across this house. If we could just begin to magnify God. If the Lord's still dealing with you tonight about your sacrifice, we're going to leave this as they play and as they sing. This podcast was brought to you by the Calvary Church in Cincinnati, Ohio. For more information about the Calvary Church, please visit our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com. Consider joining us for a service where you will find friendly people, high-energy music, and life-transforming preaching and teaching from a biblical worldview. You can find our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or on our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com. Until next time, thanks for listening.